Guess what? Tell me. I just read this amazing new breakthrough. <laughs> yeah? Scientists have discovered a revolutionary new treatment that makes you live longer. Cool, right? Yeah. It enhances your memory. You can all use that. Yeah. It makes you more creative. I definitely need that. It makes you look more attractive. You could definitely use that. <laughs> you ain't kidding, brother. <laughs> it keeps you slimmer, lowers food cravings, it protects you from cancer and dementia, it wards off colds and the flu, which we definitely need now, mm. and uh, it lowers the risk of heart attacks and stroke, not to mention diabetes, which is a huge issue right now in the world. You'll even feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. That's amazing. You interested? Very. It's called sleep. It's free. You can get it anywhere, anytime. <laughs> Best time, well, we'll talk about that. Should we talk about that? Let's talk about it. David has probably never stopped to think what a wonderful thing sleep is. In sleep, the muscles of the body are relaxed. It's the most perfect way to relax that we have. On Deep Health Evolution, this is your weekly guide through the maze of often confusing and conflicting advice around nutrition, movement and fitness, sleep, stress management and more. I'm Jonas Cohen and with me as always, Greg Cook. Yes. Hey everybody! <laughs> I love when you do that. Is that your like signature? Apparently it's becoming. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, okay. Uh, as folks know, we've been talking about the five tenets of health, wellness, and longevity. And today we're talking about sleep. So I want to start with a little story. So last night I went out with a friend and uh, we had a couple of drinks. We had a nice time. And then on the way home, I decided... Um, I was like, you know what? As you do, after you've had a couple of you know drinks, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, it's it's late. Now I want a slice of pizza. It's like the worst thing I could possibly do for myself. Mm -hmm. But like, Sounds I don't good. care. I'm gonna have a treat. I'm gonna treat myself. I'm gonna have pizza. You and deserve it after a couple of cocktails. Like, <laughs> you worked hard for those. Yeah, look at me. I, I look like I deserve some pizza, don't I? Of course. Right. So, and then I stopped myself and I thought about, you know, the work that we've been doing and the conversations that we've been having quite seriously. And I was like, you know what? Instead of eating, I'm going to give myself a movement snack instead awesome. and see if after I walk 60 blocks home, see if I still want that pizza. That sounds like a movement feast. Go ahead. <laughs> Great. It's a buffet. <laughs> Even better. And I walked the 60 blocks and I got home and I was like, nope. And I feel so good that I did this instead of that. And then I flopped down on the couch. It was one in the morning. And I turned on the TV and fell asleep in front of the television. So, I, <laughs> so while I did something for my mobility, which is what we talked about in the last couple of episodes, I totally messed up my sleep. And so now I have to ask you, why is sleep one of the five tenets? Why is it so important? Yeah. Um, congratulations on that movement feast, first of all. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's a one step yeah. in the right direction. It's it's hard, especially after those couple cocktails to make really smart decisions <laughs> yeah. for your health, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> or smart decisions in general. Oh my God, oh, well, we love it. Uh, <laughs> so sleep, yeah, sleep is so important for so many different reasons. I I'm stealing this from one of the podcasts or books I read, mm -hmm. so I'm sort of um, these are not my these are my words, but the concept it was. 
that everything that happens that makes you better. So all the good things that happen to improve your physical, mental, emotional, creative abilities happens when you sleep. So mm. all the improvements happen when you're asleep. So while you're awake, you're basically stressing the system, you're inputting new information, etc. When you sleep, that's when it all gets sort of downloaded and organized and that's where all the restorative stuff happens. So for example, like if you, you know, you get into the gym every day of the week and you train hard and you're doing an amazing job, but you get five hours of sleep a night, it's almost like you're taking all that time and just flushing it down the toilet because you're not allowing your body to actually restore itself and rebuild itself. Like all of the important stuff happens while you're asleep. And we all know like you pull an all-nighter, how do you feel the next day? You, like, you can't really think well, you know, you just feel horrible. Yeah. And if you do that for an extended period of time, which I've had times in my life where just my sleep has been horrible and you just, when you're struggling to stay awake and you feel, when you feel that fatigue deep down inside of you, it's like everything is so much more challenging. Just being a nice person becomes <laughs> extremely challenging. So, I mean, it affects us in so many ways and it really is, I'm tempted to say it's the most important thing hmm. because without good sleep, no matter how good your nutrition is, no matter how well you move, like all that stuff is not going to matter if you're not getting good sleep. It's amazing that, I mean, it, it almost seems counterintuitive, I think, to a lot of people, certainly. The first time I heard this, I was, I, I was bowled over was that you're saying that my time in the gym when I'm like killing myself and I'm lifting or I'm running or I'm stretching, that actually the improvements that I'm seeing and feeling are actually happening not while I'm working out or even after I'm working out, but while I'm asleep. Yeah, like I know, right? <laughs> like, how's that possible? How does that work? That's I mean, just that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. And I've been in the fitness industry for I was gonna say forever. It hasn't been forever, but it's been a long time. <laughs> and for the longest time, you know, without even knowing it, I was assuming that like after a strength training session, I'm stronger. Right. You've it's got like, no pump, right? Yeah, you feel pumped. You yeah. feel like, but you're actually in a more weakened state. Like that, that's a major physical stress on the body that actually breaks the body down a little bit. But that's what sends the signal to your amazingly brilliant body to rebuild itself. So your body's ad adapting to the environment and your body's like, whoa, in this environment that you're living in, we need to be stronger mm. because these are the stresses that you're experiencing. So you're, let's say squatting. So it's like, whoa, we need to make those muscles that squat stronger. They've broken down a little bit in your squat session, but it's during, like you said, it's while you're asleep that a, most of the rebuilding actually happens. What are some of the things that are impacted by sleep? Like I know, if I've had a good night's sleep, like I'm not so foggy the next day. So obviously there's one that it's affecting my brain. Yeah. Brain, memory, emotional, you know, your ability to be emotionally balanced as well as, you know, um, sort of downloading and integrating new information. So if you're learning a new instrument or you're practicing lines for a play or like it's, it's getting the sleep that actually helps it move from one area of your brain to another area of your brain to turn those newly learned skills or information into something that is actually available to you on a regular basis. I wanna, I'm almost jumping up and down right now because I'm in the process of trying to learn how to play the guitar. And the time that I'm spending, like trying to get my fingers on the strings and press down, it's frustrating in this, yeah. you know, in these first 
you know, baby steps I'm taking, learning how to play it. And then I go away for like a couple of days from it. And then I go to pick it up again. And I'm like, oh, look at this. All of yeah. a sudden it's much easier. I've had time away from it. I've had a few sleeps and all that. So to yeah. your point, you, yeah, it's amazing. It really is. There was in the book that I'm reading right now, Why We Sleep, which is by the way, an amazing book. One of the ones that I would recommend to everyone. It's uh, by Matthew Walker, mm. PhD. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> he relates a story where it's, oh, it's almost exactly what you're talking about. A, a musician came up to him uh, at a convention or something. I think he was giving a speech and he's like, yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I'm practicing the piano and I'm having a real issue with this one area of the song. Like I just can't get the fingering down. And I noticed after a night of sleep, I came back the next morning and it was there. Unbelievable. So your brain is doing a lot of work while it's sleeping. Like the... You know, I, a lot of I want, work. A lot of great work, hopefully, yeah. And I, I want to make sure that everyone realizes that I am not an expert on sleep, but I am extremely interested. And if you've ever taken any of my classes over the last five years at Equinox, I've just been talking about sleep for like I think it's been about five years now. Just that's when I realized how important it was, huh. and I've been. You know, on my own doing research, reading, listening to podcasts. Um, Sean Stevenson, another, he, I would say, is a sleep expert. And we'll put both of these books in the uh, show notes after. Yeah, he wrote the book Sleep Smarter. And uh, that, that book, that's kind of what helped Fatima and I get our sleep back. So getting your sleep in order is probably one of the most important things you can do. Another reason why it's so important is it allows the body to repair itself when it's sick. It allows the body to... Uh, prevent diseases is, is that is that also the case would you say yeah you know i think that most of the repair work on our body is done when we're sleeping amazing so um yeah no, i mean a lot of it has to do with hormone balance so if you sleep well all your hormones are being produced optimally so you're not getting too much or too little i feel like i've seen infomercials about this about the um the impact of sleep affecting your ability to lose weight that you can actually sort of, your body will hold on to its fat stores maybe if you're not sleeping well at night am I, or am I completely um, off the no, rails? You're, I wouldn't say you're completely off the rails, but uh, <laughs> it is interesting how, I mean, I, I think it was just this past week at the end of my classes, I always try to give a little bit of a little information, plant some seeds to help people take sleep or whatever it is a little bit more seriously. And what it is, is when you, if you're not getting adequate sleep, stress hormones increase. Cortisol is a huge oh, thing. Okay. So yeah, cortisol, yeah. cortisol and melatonin together are both super important um, in regards to body composition. And cortisol specifically, if your cortisol is out of whack, let's say if your cortisol is too high chronically, your body is breaking down tissue and basically going through the process of gluconeogenesis, which is hmm. creating blood sugar out of body tissues like muscles. And, you know, so it breaks down muscle, increases the blood sugar, which then increases, um, it'll kick up insulin. Mm -hmm. And then if, if your muscles aren't needing extra glucose at that point or glycogen, then it's going to be stored as fat. Um, It'll also, you know, a lack of sleep, studies are showing that it increases your, let's just keep it real simple. It, you're, you wake up and you're hungrier. So you're more likely to eat more. There's some studies that show, you know, it could be anywhere from 300 to 1,000 calories extra that you're going to want to eat. Wow. Um, wow. Because yeah, you haven't gotten enough sleep. Because you're not getting enough sleep. 
Holy bananas. Wow. So you can sleep away a lot of the, that, especially that stress weight that comes around the, the midsection. Yeah. You know? say, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, but the, so you can manage your blood sugar levels. And so, and I assume that cause you're talking about insulin and blood sugar then. So not getting enough sleep, you could potentially lead to diabetes or, you know, blood sugar related diseases. Yeah, man, that's that's pretty crazy, right? I think yeah. it's I don't know the exact numbers on it, but just a few nights of sleep deprivation. If you were to go to the doctor and get blood drawn and tested, you may show up as pre diabetic just after a few days, a few nights of sleep deprivation. I'm curious. So if you sure. if you compound that over time, mm -hmm. you know, it can be I mean if you look at the world right now, especially in the US, there is an epidemic of diabetes. Yeah. A huge yeah. part of it is just stress and a lack of sleep. I mean, compounded by what we're eating on top of that. But um, that's, I mean, that's a really serious thing. Like diabetes is, type two diabetes is directly related to, through many studies, to a sleep deprivation. My mom uh, is dealing with diabetes. You know, she's uh, in her seventies now, and she was always a terrible sleeper her entire life. And I wonder, cause I think a lot of women, uh, especially after childbirth, they are they sort of program their bodies to wake up in the middle of the night to go and take care mm -hmm. of their kids when they hear their child screaming and then for the rest of my mom felt that for the rest of her life she always had sleep problems and of course she she blamed me so yeah. <laughs> all your fault. i think that you know being a parent mm -hmm. like having a child can really mess with your sleep wow. and there's no way around it at first unless you you know hire a nanny and yeah. have them deal with the lack of sleep right <laughs> um, so you know if it's you're like Answer, folks. Yeah, when when Soleil was born, we both, I mean, especially Fatima, but we both were extremely sleep deprived. Sure, and it took, what it is. you know, it took years. I think we're still dealing with it, honestly. And Soleil yeah. is nine years old now. Oh, she lived, huh? Yes. You, you, you we lived now. There were times. You but sleep deprivation is so, it's scary because you do horrible things when you're sleep deprived. You know, when you have a child, you're going to go through this phase where you're not getting enough sleep and it's going to feel like hell. And that could spiral you into, you know, not eating as well, because we just spoke to that, right? Mm -hmm. So you start basically when you're sleep deprived, you choose poorly around the foods. You ch generally choose the simpler carbs, the sugary foods, the sweet foods that yeah. then compound the issue even more because that messes with your blood sugar even more, which will then also mess with your sleep. So it could be like <laughs> this wicked, you know, downward Psycho spiral where you're just yeah. like, oh my God. So you have to, one, learn as much as you can about how to get out of that. Right. Um, um, when it comes to, so I'm not getting sleep, what should I do? Well, you should, you know, take care of everything else, movement, Nutrition, nutrition maybe being the biggest one there. Stress, you know, learning how to deal with stress. And we're gonna talk about all yeah. these in more depth, but pick up a meditation practice. Um, I think we're napping, for example. I mean, right. in a perfect world, if you're a new mother, and you have to get up at, you know, a couple times every night and you're just super sleep deprived, when your child naps, nap with them. You know, get right. that nap in. Like, the more sleep you get, the better. Um, yeah, napping. I mean, speaking of napping, I know I think that might have been one of the questions on our Daily Burn Facebook thread, right? Yes. Yeah, so an interesting fact, humans, it looks like are naturally, I think it's biphasic sleepers. So we naturally, if we look back ancestrally, 
our ancestors. And if you look at the blue zones, you know, the zones of the world where people live longer. Like oh, I never heard that Mediterranean countries and stuff. Yeah. Like sure, yeah. One of the, besides their nutrition and the fact that they're very social, like they have a really healthy social life, great nutrition. They also tend to take naps. So if you, you know, years right. ago, if you went to Europe, like I went to even Germany, like when I was in high school, mm. you know, they would shut down businesses like in the middle of the day and there would be like a little siesta time. Like, so it is a natural, like we're naturally wired to not just get a long stretch of sleep at night, but also what time do you, like, when do you get, when do people normally go for that cup of coffee in the afternoon? It's like what, mm, around two, two o'clock. Yeah. So we naturally have that moment where our bodies start feeling a little drowsy. Mm -hmm. So in an ideal world, we would have some place where we could go lie down for 20 minutes to an hour, take a nap, get back up, be more creative, be more productive. Um, coming back to the new mother, if you have that opportunity, sadly, it's usually like, oh, the baby's down. Now I can get some other stuff done. Yeah, because we're so on the go. We're, you know, we don't live in tribes anymore. Back in the day, you'd have a tribe, so you'd have a group of people that helped raise a child. Now it's like one or two people. Mm. We're so screwed, dude. It's just like, <laughs> well, why are we so sleep deprived? I mean, we already, we're, we're, we're kind of heading in this direction. We were talking about uh, you know, I mean, besides having children, besides having children, you know, like what are some of the things that, you know, what that are depriving us of good sleep, stress, mm -hmm. we carry around a lot of mental stress these days. That's a huge one. And I think maybe the biggest one is technology as amazing oh. as technology is. And I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear this all the time too, like, Technology is an issue, but if we didn't have it, we wouldn't be able to have this conversation with everybody. So it's yeah. not that technology is bad. It's how it's, it's being abused or how it's yeah. abusing us. Like, I think we've gotten to a point with technology where we're not using it. It's using us. Right. Like and say that. blue light being a huge one. So blue light, you ever drive down or walk by, let's say you're driving down a street in the suburbs somewhere and you drive by all these houses and what are the, what's the light you see in the window from usually from television, television, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like a weird blue mm -hmm. that's coming through, right? That's blue light, which is naturally occurring. It does, you know, we get blue light from the sun, but we get full spectrum light from the sun, blues and greens and orange and red, like it's all coming and our bodies need that. However, blue light just on its own coming from a screen like an iPhone or a computer or a television, and we're talking blue light, especially after the sun's gone down. So the sun goes down, your body's like, oh good, it's time to start winding down. And then we get on a computer or a television, or we have like, you know, electricity that has artificial light blaring at us. So our body, you know, our eyes have receptors for light and our skin has receptors for light. And the blue light, especially going into the eyes in the evening after the sun's gone down, will mess with your body's natural ability to produce melatonin. And melatonin is one of the, it's a hormone that when it increases in your body, that's when you start to feel more tired. And like your body um, builds sleep pressure, which is just after being awake for a long time. I don't, I'm still learning about what exactly sleep pressure is, but sleep pressure with melatonin levels, when they're both at a high, mm. then you feel naturally tired and you want to fall asleep. But if you're watching, you know, your favorite Netflix show or checking Facebook or on the computer doing work and your eyes are getting bombarded with blue light, yeah. it's going to mess with the melatonin production in your body. So and that's going to mess with your 
ability to fall asleep and have good quality of sleep. I can't tell you how many times I find myself with my laptop in my bed or next to the bed with Netflix going and it's like, and it's really weird. Like I'm like, I'm using that, this terrible thing that's emitting that right. blue light to help me to go to sleep. And then I'll, I'll maybe fall asleep, but then I'll wake. Eventually right up you will. Yeah. But it will mess with the quality of your sleep. So you're not going to get as deep as sleep. You may, you know, so it's going to disrupt the, the sleep cycles somewhat. And that's... I'll dream that I'm with Jerry Seinfeld in, yeah. in his coffee, in his car getting coffee. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good point. I mean, that brings me to, it reminds me of um, something I read in Sean Stevenson's book, Sleep Smarter, where he's like, get your friends out of the room. Your friends. <laughs> your friends being your phone and your computer. If you have a television in your room, get, rid of get it out. I mean, if you take your health seriously, if you don't really give a crap about your health, keep it in there. If you're just there to like, you know, basically we're using these as pacifiers. No. And it's like, you know, once you're over a certain age, you shouldn't need that damn pacifier anymore. Let's get that crap out. And I'm being kind of sarcastic here, but at the same time, like this is serious. Like it's easy to say, oh, whatever, I'll just keep it. Yeah, your little decisions that you're making right now around your sleep yeah. are the decisions that are going to create the future version of you, either a healthy version or a version that's slowly falling apart, feeling like crap, not productive, not creative. And I said it before too, like if you're lacking sleep, good sleep, it's hard to be a good person. <laughs> it's hard to be a nice person. So yeah, get your television out, get your phone out of your room, buy a freaking alarm clock. I have a Philips, um, and we're not sponsored by Philips, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, Philips. Uh, but it's a, it's a really cool alarm clock. It's a sunrise simulation. So hmm. it's an alarm clock that doesn't make sound. I think eventually there are some sounds like birds chirping that come comes up. But I set it for, let's say, 5 o'clock. Hmm. Around 4.30, it slowly starts to illuminate. So it slowly gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And so assuming that you've, got, you've had decent sleep, the light will wake you up. Right. So it's a gentle awakening where you're not just shocked, you know, by some <laughs> in your face. Um, uh, yeah, so get all the electronics out of your room, including your phone, because there's also electronic, electromagnetic fields that can disrupt. So the, the electronic, the, the little field that's being emitted from your cell phone mm. is also been shown to disrupt like melatonin production and overall sleep quality. So, and then if it's there, you're likely to pick it up. Like some people actually check, and I'm sorry to, um, no offense to anyone, but I, it just, I can't wrap my mind around this. Like waking up in the middle of the night and checking a text or an email. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, it's I'm not, it's not important. It's really not important. Yeah. And it's actually the opposite of <laughs> it's really detrimental <laughs> yeah, to your health. Yeah. I mean, and the biggest one is like brain health. That's the one that scares me the most. I'm just putting this all together and I'm just going to like sort of riff just for a second. It's almost like I am, I'm watching TV late at night, falling asleep to it. And then the next day, my appearance suffers. I, I'm trying to work out and lose weight and I can't because I'm, you know, I haven't been sleeping well. Down the road, I'm risking diabetes. I'm risking, you know, driving and, you know, and, and hurting myself or hurting someone else. This is just some of the things that we're talking about that, you know, uh, as to why we're sleep deprived, our telephones, our televisions, our, 
uh, computers, um, sometimes our kids, if you have kids, um, our partners, you know, what if you have a partner who, who snores or, you know, or uh, flails around a lot at night? Um, our own anxieties are keeping us up. <laughs> what about uh, working out at you know, certain times a day or eating uh, late, like having a snack? At, you know, like I was saying at my story at the very beginning, if I had eaten that pizza, I mean, I ended up falling asleep in front of the television anyway. So, but if I, if I had eaten that pizza and tried to go to sleep, and that's also, these are also some things that are messing with our sleep. Am I, am I wrong? I, no, I think you're right. I think, um, well, let's start with the exercise. So with exercise, if you, if you exercise too late, too mm. close to bedtime, like within an hour or two or three of going to bed, three, you might be all right, but... Mm -hmm. One, it stimulates the sympathetic nervous system. So it kind of revs you up a little bit. So it might take you a little while to wind down and get into that more parasympathetic calming. That's part of the, the, the autonomic nervous system, right? You have mm -hmm. sympathetic. Parasympathetic is that calm, relaxed, where restorative things happen. So exercise too close also increases core temperature. And core temperature naturally drops for sleep. And having a cooler body will actually help you sleep deeper, help you fall asleep faster. So let's come back to exercise. Yeah. Exercise, the way that it could actually assist you in getting deeper sleep um, is a little bit of exercise in the morning. So in the morning, you want higher cortisol. If you do something that activates your, um, that it gets your heart pounding a little bit, it gets you breathing heavily, that it increases uh, cardiovascular challenges you, challenges you on a cardiovascular level. Mm. Um, yeah, I know how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I didn't sleep well enough last night. <laughs> so this, even if it's just like five or 10 minutes of cranking the intensity physically up will help you sleep deeper at night. So what it does, it helps keep the cortisol. So getting your cortisol to go to a higher level in the morning will then set you up for lower cortisol at night, which is when you want your cortisol lower. Um, this is also stealing from Sean Stevenson, but he's one of my favorite quotes from him is like a good night's sleep starts the moment you wake up. So when you wake up in the morning, you know, getting a little bit of exercise, getting, you know, revving up your system a little bit, getting that cortisol, the peak will help reset your natural cortisol rhythm so that at night hmm. it's down lower and your melatonin's higher. So I think they, those two are sort of on a seesaw. When the melatonin goes up, cortisol is usually low. When cortisol goes up, melatonin is usually low. So if you're, you know, if you're super stressed and you're doing too much and, um, you know, the typical, like, I got to get everything done. I got to get my work out in. I got a, you know, I got a job. I got a family. I've got stress from left and right, up and down. If, if you're not managing your stress well, then your cortisol levels are going to naturally be high. So, you know, when people are doing way too much exercise yeah and I'm not just saying like just movement because you know I always say like more movement more improvement but huh. we're talking like high intensity stuff and I see this in the gym all the time people are like well I got three classes in today and I'm restricting calories and I'm they're doing all these things that are creating massive stress levels in the body we're you know worried about family finances the world in general like mm. All this stuff, um, breathing through your mouth, for example, we'll talk about breathing one day, like mouth breathing, all these things are Revenue stimulating yeah. the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, flight, get up and go, get stuff done. That's helping, that will naturally send, signal your body to release more cortisol. And mm -hmm. if cortisol is high at night, yeah. you might feel tired 
but you'll have that typical tired and wired. So I'm tired. Yeah, I, I want to fall asleep, but my mind is like, um, and I can't, I can't seem to calm down and wow. fall asleep. Well, that's a big one. I can tell you, you know, when people wrote in on the daily burn Facebook community page, one of the biggest topics was waking up in the middle of the night. And it sounds like, and there's probably a bunch of reasons why that's happening for so many of us, but it sounds like a big one is this, this is the level of cortisol is that for so many different reasons, we've, we've revved ourselves up. Maybe we revved ourselves up, uh, because we're anxious, uh, because we've had too much caffeine because we worked out at the wrong time of day or because or worked we worked out ate, too much yeah, or ate the wrong things at the, you know, at a particular time of, of day. Um, clearly like I'm sure like, you know, watching a, you know, my favorite show late at night, all of these things are revving us up. Yeah. And revving up that cortisol level and then depriving us of good, decent sleep. What about also um, if you're sick, you know, if you've, if you've got the flu or if you've gone going through bodily changes like pregnancy or menopause, that too, I'm wondering, and that's also something that people have talked about and wondered about that that seems to be interrupting their sleep. Oh yeah. Time. I mean that, and I don't know really what you can do about those except <laughs> dial everything else in. Like, manage sure. i think again it comes back to you know eating really well like when you're in a situation like that with with being sick i mean there are some people say that maybe you know not even eating i mean it really depends on what kind of sick we're talking about right. but you know dialing in nutrition you know making sure that you're really eating healthy foods drinking enough water mm. um, managing your stress doing breathing techniques mm. that help calm the body meditating these are all ways that you can help you know yourself sleep a little bit deeper and in those situations you're just not going to sleep as well so you just got to manage everything else better and make sure you get to bed on time the main thing i would say is you know get up in the morning and get moving mm -hmm. get outside and get some sunlight maybe move if you live if you're lucky enough to live out in the country or in a place where you have a nice backyard with grass if the sun's out get outside and do something in the sun without sunglasses without sunscreen and you know for five to 15 or 20 minutes just break a sweat get yourself breathing heavily and do it barefoot because oh, wow. there's something called grounding so you're you know your feet actually touching the earth actually it has a an effect on your body i'm still learning more about grounding but it, it's sort of like it takes a, the charge out of your body like we are an electrical system and we we're always walking around on cement and shoes and we're rarely ever, our skin's rarely ever touching the ground and that can have a dramatic calming effect. It's great for actually also for, um, if you travel a lot for jet lag, it helps deal with jet lag, helps reset really? circadian rhythms. Um, so if you can get out there and we all know, like, you know, that feeling when your feet touches the sand, yeah. like you dig I'm, your feet into the sand oh, or a really beautiful lawn or, or even dirt, like our bodies, intuitively want that if we pay attention to it you'll feel that immediately there's there's an effect on the body so get out there and you know bear some skin too like if it's warm enough or even yeah even if it's cold you know me i like get get some cold thermogenesis too just get out there in your backyard and do something that cranks up your you know your breathing and your heart rate 
with as little clothing on as possible. <laughs> well, you're starting to talk now about, um, this is the big one, um, is what we can do to <laughs> help our sleep. Now, you, you're, yeah. really, you're, really, that's, you're really digging into this, so this is great. So exposure to sunlight, that's something that we've talked about. I remember the very first episode, you, I, I asked you, you know, what's one simple step that all of us can start doing now towards you know, living a better, healthier life in general? And you said to me, Getting out first thing in the morning and getting like even five minutes or more, obviously, of direct sunlight, not through a window. Don't put on your SPF, right. you know, lotion and get that vitamin D, you know, expose your skin, the largest organ in the body immediately to sunlight. Um, and, and you're talking about, uh, you know, grounding yourself first thing. And you're talking about, you know, even like five to 10 minutes of high intensity interval training or some exercise. Yeah, so and it doesn't have to be super high in intensity. Morning. Just something that gets your breath rate up. There's something to be said about getting up on the wrong or right side of the bed is, is what this really, I think, yeah. is about is, you know, starting your day. It's almost like starting a clock. At the beginning of your day, your first moment is the most important <laughs> one yeah. for how it's, I guess it's the circadian rhythms. We should talk more about that in a well, second. that is like a clock. That's your body's natural. That's that's what we're setting is let's start off on the right, literally on the right foot. So, you know, get barefoot and get out and get some sunlight and start actually just start off correct. Yeah. Regular habits make daily living much easier since they help us do things without having to think about them. Some of the habits you learn now may stay with you all your life. All right, children. It's time to get ready for bed. Okay, and that right there is going to bring us to the end of part one in our discussion on sleep. Next week, Greg continues this conversation by sharing a whole slew of favorite hacks on how to improve your sleep. As always, in order to help both you, the listeners, and ourselves find a better state of health and well-being, let us hear from you guys. Tell us about your successes and challenges. Leave a comment. And please share this podcast on social media. Ask any questions that you'd like us to address by writing to us directly at gregcook at deephealthevolution.com. That's G-R-E-G-G-C-O-O-K at deephealthevolution.com. Or find us on Instagram at www.instagram.com forward slash deephealthevolution or visit the website www.deephealthevolution.com. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on Google Play Music. And if you like what you hear, please write us a review. Thank you so much, everybody. See you next week.